This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And welcome to the first of a series of special short episodes of the Known and Never podcast, which is, of course, part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. This week, as Christmas approaches and, more importantly, the return of club football, we are featuring three Burnley Football Club related books that would make great gifts for the clarets in your life. First up, we're going to hear from Michael Hodkinson, author of the brilliantly titled Known and Ever, who regular listeners will remember we spoke to last September when his book on the rivalry between us and them lot down the road was first published. With the resurrection of the East Lanks Derby, which we all haven't forgotten, I would like to add, Michael has updated his book, which sold out last year and has published more copies for fans to get their hands on. We have one copy to give away, so do stay tuned to our social channels for your chance to win. Later in the week, we'll also be hearing from club legend Barry Kilby, who has published his memoirs, Starting From Scratch, and from sports author and Clarets fan Tim Quelch, whose new book, Northern Exposure, is a 50-year-old diary of watching Burnley FC rise, fall and rise again. But for now, it's over to producer Matt, who sat down with known and ever author Michael Hodkinson to discuss all things Rovers and Clarets after the dust had settled from the latest East Lines derby. So we are delighted to be joined again by a author who we spoke to last season. Regular listeners will remember Michael Hodkinson, who wrote the wonderfully titled Known and Never book all about the East Lancashire rivalry between Burnley and them lot down the road and michael joins us again today michael hello welcome back to the podcast how are you <laughs> thank you matt yeah yeah it's, it's an awful day outside but um, it's still nice to be on <laughs> so michael's uh, updated his book and we will get to that in a bit about what's new in the known and ever book and where you can get it if you haven't already got a copy but first, Michael, since we last spoke to you, there's been a, practically a whole season's worth of action for both clubs. And I just wanted to get uh, your view on uh, Rovers' performance last season because they were going pretty strong and they were up there amongst the uh, amongst the playoff contenders and then they started to fall away. Um, how was it last season following uh, following Rovers? And, and was it disappointing when they did fall away in the end or could you see it coming 
Well, I mean, you are, uh, as a supporter of a club, as you will know, you, you're always living in bubble. And, uh, and certainly with, um, with eight games to play, um, there, there was still very much a chance that we will be in the playoffs. Um, but we only got two wins in those last eight games, and, and, and basically that's what blew it. Now, um, they relied heavily on, on Ben Burton Diaz to, to score the goals last season. And he, he had a wonderful spell um, into January, really. But then he got he got injuries, and um, and they were relying on him playing ninety minutes, really, of every single game. You know, and then the championship is uh, you people will be finding out again this season. The championship is a is a marathon. It's, it's, a, it's a very long, hotly contested affair, and. Um, and I, I think the injuries he got, and of course he was flying off to Chile um, to, to play in the, the, the Copa America and the, the, the qualifiers for the World Cup. And, um, and without, without him at full capacity, I, I think that was one, one, one of the reasons why, why they felt. And also, in, in the last three seasons, they, they, they've taken on a loan from Liverpool, the same obvious arrangement with Liverpool. Very positive arrangement from the world's point of view. And two years ago, they got that, they had that wonderful Harvey Elliott, who was now a sort of a, a legal university in Alfred. They had him, and he, he made a big difference. This year, they've got Tyler Moore, who is perhaps not quite as good as Elliott, who's still a very, very good player in the world before. But the um, unfortunate thoughts, and he came last season, he well, he was disappointed, really. He couldn't really hack it at that level, at that stage of his development, and, uh, and, and that didn't help. Um, but also, you do need, I think, to, to get anywhere, really, honestly, you, know, football, you need money. And, and, and the Rovers, have, for the last few years, have never really quite had that money. And, um, and so they've never been able to, to, to speculate too much in the transfer market, you know, go for a marquee player at the right time. And Bradley Dacker at one time would, would have fitted that description. Of course, he's he, he lost mostly two seasons with his um with his two crucial injuries and and, and well, even up to now has struggled to get to get back to full fitness. And I just don't think they, they had enough in the tank really. As the box towards the end of the season, and, and obviously for for a lot of support, it, it was disappointing. It was a bit of a roller coaster ride, and um, you know, so it, we, we had our throws along the way, but, but the spills at the end it was a bit hard to take. And obviously, on the other side of it, there was a very tough season for uh, for Burnley and their followers, which um, obviously culminated in uh, relegation at the end, although we got so close to avoiding it. How was it viewing that from the Rovers side of the uh, of of the of the fence, as it were? And uh, were you taking delight in that? Were you empathizing at all? And when the shock sacking of Daesh came at Easter, how was that viewed amongst the Rovers fans? Was the delight? Was the kind of was the an equal amount of shock and um and, and what did you make of Burnley's attempts to stay up last season? Well, I think on the Sean Dykes thing, I think there was a tremendous amount of shock. I, I think they lost to our football. 
um, because he, he he was quite revered, really. I, I think I think whatever in the game he was revered because I think everybody had, had recognised that he, he he performed a miracle, really, at Turf Moor. Uh, he, he kept a side again, which uh, which similar really always didn't really have the money to be where where they were. And, uh, and somehow, was it eight sweet man? You know, six, seven seasons, he, he, he kept them up, six, he kept them up there. Um, and, and so, and I think, I, I, I think there was some sadness, really, that, 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 that he got the push. Um, now, it, it, it was interesting, really, I, I think, from memory, that so, but, but it, it was still in Burnley's hands when it came down to the final furlong, really. Um, and I think I think four points from the last four games would have saved them. And although none of them were, 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 were guineas, Aston Villa twice in quite an underperforming outfit, and we got one point out of those two games. They lost to Tottenham, which I suppose was probably expected. And then, really, I, th- I think I think if Steve Bruce had still been at Newcastle, I think I think we'd probably gotten three points there. But obviously, Newcastle did improve. And the great irony, of course, was that the guy who sent them down was the um, the, the predecessor to Dor- to die, Charles Burnley. You know, uh, that, that must have hurt somewhat, I, I suspect. But, but the, other, the other fascinating aspect at the end of last season was that, I mean, we we wanted to get to a situation where, where, where Derby games could resume because the Derby games light up the season. And and there were so many options of what could have happened. Um, the rubbers could have gone up and Burnley could have stayed up, which, I mean, that... that, that that would have been the greatest thing of all, really, to resume Derby's in Premier It was that. Bur- um, Burnley could have come down and the Rovers had gone up, so there were no, no, no Derby games. Um, Burnley could have stayed up, the Rovers not go up, so there were no Derby games. And, of course, what in the end happened, Burnley came down. So at least we've got the, we've got the Derby games out of that. Um, but, I mean, it depends who you talk to about it. Um, I mean, just as in Burnley, I mean, there's a lot of antipathy, really, to to, to the opposite. I mean, you, you start this piece by saying, then what, down the road, you know, well, I mean, we, we, we say the same thing. It's, it's to the law, it's the enemy, really. Um, I, I'm not in that camp. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a Rovers man, but, but I, I've got a great affinity to Burnley. Um, and I think I'm a bit rare, really, uh, in, in that. Um, but I think there's, there's a lot of um, Rovers fans who, who secretly have quite a lot of respect for Burnley, and so I don't, I don't think there, there were huge celebrations when we came down. Really. Just the anticipation, maybe we've seen the argument. Absolutely. And then we saw both clubs uh, make a number of changes over the season, both changing their managers. What did you make of um, Mowbray's departure? And the appointments of uh, John Dahl Thomas and uh, uh, Rovers, and, and what he did in terms of transfers over the summer for you. Well, I, I think it. I think it was. It was expected that, that Mowbray would go. Um, I mean, again, he, he was somebody who, who, who 
generally speaking, was pretty highly respected in, in, in the Blackburn area because he, he, he kept them up for, well, the first season he was there, I mean, he, he, he took on Mission Impossible, really, because they, 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 they were searched to go down when he took them over. And, and, and they only went down on goal on it, on, on, sorry, on, on the very last day of the season. So he almost kept them up, brought them straight back up. And, and kept them competitive in, as I said earlier, a very competitive league. Um, and I don't know, but, you know, I, I think as, as with Sean Dykes, really, there's, um, unless, unless you're in Alex Ferguson or in Arsene Wenger, and probably Brian Clough going back you know, two, three decades, I think it's, it's very difficult for a manager to, to stay at a club now for, for a, a heck of a length of time. We only have to look at the statistics at the moment. And more than half the clubs, I think, in all of the football league have, have changed their manager within the last 12 months. So, you know, Morgan did, did, did five, five and a half at the Rovers. And um, I think it was probably time for him to go, really. He didn't get sacked. Um, his contract had come to an end, and they seem to have come to this mutual agreement that uh, you know, they didn't say goodbye then. Um, so yeah, I was sad to see him go, but I, 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 I didn't think, particularly in retrospect, they needed, they needed that change. They needed a new relationship. Really. Um, John Dow Thompson, I, I think, is it, it, very much. Uh, a member of the new breed of managers. Tony Mowbray, I think, what I mix himself, he's, he's one of the old breed, and there's nothing wrong with being part of the old breed. But um, we have seen a lot of the changes, really, in the way the Rovers have played this season. I'm not always in favour of it, because, I mean, when we're trying to play one-twos in our own penalty area, you know, your heart's in your mouth. And I don't think the Rovers are quite good enough to do that. They got away with it virtually all the season until they came to Turk Moor the other week. And then they got they got found out by, by playing that sort of football there. And, and, and watching the game, I just thought, if you leather it down the other end and quite scrap like mad from the second ball, you know, maybe Burnley are not quite as good defensively as they are coming forward. And they could have got something, but really, they never really took the game to Burnley. Um, and, and that was a disappointment. Well, having said that, um, he's conjured up some tremendous amount of We've got 12 wins, and, and you know, we've got this crazy record of 12 wins, 9 defeats, and no draws. I don't know what the record for that is. I, 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 it probably take about six weeks to, 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 to research it. But it must, be, it must be heading towards a record, really, that. So, so yeah, there's been a lot of differences with Thompson. In terms of recruitment, um, yeah, yes and no. Um, again, I think, I, I think he's in a money situation. I think, I think company really at Burnley, I, I think the, the, the American owners have, have pumped, seem to have pumped in more money to Burnley than the bankers have been able to do at some if anybody had said to me, you know, at the, at the World Cup rate, would you take, would you take third place? I think we all were over supporters with a bit of a
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, and, and the same goes on our side. We had, with, the, with the amount of changes that happened over the summer and the complete rebuild of a team, we had no idea how that team was going to, to gel. And, and that second half against Sheffield United, where we got taken apart, that half was what we were fearing might happen on a more regular basis in this first part of the season. And and, and it hasn't. He, you know, he has made this team kind of work. We've thrown away some points that you know we could have held on to as wins. But again, if you told us we'd be top of the table going into the World Cup break and having won the East Lancs derby, everyone in the town would have taken that um, at the start of the season. So... Coming around now, you've touched on it very briefly, the actual derby itself. Again, from a Rovers' point of view, going into the match, were you confident? Did you think the Rovers could get something out of it? Being a, as you just touched on, a kind of an all-or-nothing team this season. You know, you've either been winning games, getting ahead and, and seeing them out, or you've been losing games. I know uh, we spoke to um, Matt Silito before the derby, who's uh, the PA announcer at Ewood Park, and he touched on the fact that the first goal could be crucial because when Rovers go behind, they, I don't think they've come from behind this season to get anything out of a game. So so how were you feeling going into the derby? And then what did you make of the game itself, um, both on and off the pitch? Because obviously there were changes this season. It wasn't a bubble game anymore. It was a remembrance Sunday. So there was a lot of off-the-field elements to the derby as well this season. What, did, what was your take on it all, Michael? Well... Statistically, um, you, you tend to lose away games more than you lose home games. And so on that alone, I, I had Burnley as the favourites going into it. I thought it would have been a close close affair. I, I was quite shocked really by the final score. Um, well, I'm afraid it was a bit of a rubbing in it, really. Um, I mean, apart from... I'm just going back, back to time here now, but apart from in the 2000, 2001 season, and when we managed to hand you a 5 0 league, I think you've got to go back to, to the, well, into the 70s uh, to, to, to find a derby game which had, had, had a three goal difference. So that, that, that was a big surprise. It wasn't, and it wasn't a close game, really, you know, I mean, Soft to burn the real, you fully deserve to win. You know, I don't think anybody could question that. I thought that um, Raritan Diaz was actually fouled in the penalty area, but it was still nil nil. I thought one of your defenders pushed him from behind, it was just in the area. And I also think he was probably the last man 
So maybe Burnley could have been down to 10 men and the referee obviously didn't see that. Way. But other than that, you know, it was a convincing display by, by your, your, your club. And I mean, it was the first time I've, I've seen him in action this season. And, and I was quite impressed by, by the ability of some of the players, the speed of some of the players that he had on shore. And then, of course, sort of brought on well, an old codger, really, didn't you? surprise also that um, as you put it <laughs> we're playing out of the bubble um, you know and I mean the, the buses have been a, a sort of um, a regular haven't we in Derby games for, for, for years or so um, and um, I wondered how we, we would get away with that but um, I, mean, I, I wasn't actually at the match um, on television but um, it, yeah Compared with, with, with some previous games, there didn't seem to be that much trouble, really. No, and and that's that's kind of what what we've heard, you know, from the people who were there. Um, we've not heard really a, 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 of any trouble, you know. The the police and the clubs took certain measures. You know, it wasn't a complete kind of throwaway of everything. There was a, a very big presence. There was, you know, a physical barrier on Harry Potter's way from from where the away fans go in and things like that. But but yeah, it certainly seems that that it that it kind of went went ahead without without any of the trouble that that, that we maybe have been fearing and and maybe have seen in other games since you know since fans were allowed back into grounds. There's no doubt that you appointed a manager I mean football has a very big name. Uh, much, much respect in man, uh, you know, when he was at Manchester City, and, uh, and, and I think the City fans would probably have said that uh, a lot of their early successes, from uh, 10 onwards, really, were due to sort of the steadfastness and the convincing company at the back. And, um, and, and, and also, he, he, he just seemed to set such a wonderful example for everyone around him. And, and, and I just wonder, really, if it wasn't his name that enabled you to buy some quite promising players, really. You know, and, and, and there's, a, there's a point where it was a surprise. I mean, he, he since he's come from left field, really. I mean, I don't know if he really was. Yes, he didn't badly guys, but I suspect it was very difficult to do badly there in that way because, you know, he was on the good side. I mean, he didn't, he didn't win, did he? He didn't win the title But um, certainly, you know, a man, a man with his reputation, I think, was bound to attract good, promising young players. And, um, you know, for more experience, he was not a bad thing, Yeah, he certainly was the, the, the key to the summer, really, uh, for us. Like you say, I think 
the name alone has attracted a va- you know the vast majority of the signings we've brought in probably wouldn't have come if we'd been sat here with a a manager just off the you know the the English merry-go-round of managers that that you see going round and popping up at clubs here there and everywhere so yeah fair play to the owners for for whatever they had to do to get to convince company to come to us and um and, you know fingers crossed that he can he can do the job for us this season and of course I'm sure when he arrived, he had no real idea of the derby. But I think I think he said something like that. that he almost said to him, you know, well, your first task is to win the derby. You know, <laughs> we want you to win the derbies more than we want you to get promotion. <laughs> Some sums up football around here. Yeah. It does a bit. So that brings us nicely on to your book, which is all about the East Lancashire Derby and the rivalry um, down the years. And with the re- um, resumption of the East Lancashire Derby this season, um, I believe you've you managed to update your book and uh, and there's a kind of a, an updated version of it available now. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, we, 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 we sold every copy of, of, of that the publisher I've printed. And the publisher's from so the West London area, big Brentford fan. And I don't think he quite believed me when I said that a lot of people will be interested in this book. Um, I, didn't, I don't think he thought it would go as fast as it did um, because he, he, he didn't understand what the rivalry was about. Um, and so he, he was shot there, and so he said, "Well, he said, well, let, let, let's do, do a reprint." And, and so I said to him, "Well, let let's just wait until we see what's happening next season, because if if they both end up in the same league, if the derbies are back on the agenda, then I can I, I can make reference to that as, as by updating slightly." And so what I've done is I. Obviously, the original reached at the end of the 2021 season. So there's several more phases been added for the 21-22 season. And it's amazing how many tiny little changes I had to make as well. So, you know, I've maybe made a comment somewhere. This is the first time in 132 years that this is happening, that type of comment. And then, so that then had to become 133. And all the way through, you know, I was having to sort of add, every time I sort of mentioned a figure, really, I was adding, having to add a year to it. So it took ages to do that. But, um, I mean, I, I, it's not a book for somebody who's got the first, somebody's got the first one. I mean, you've got a lot of money, really. You can afford to sort of buy the second one because it's universally got everything, really, in the first one. But, um, but, it, but it is buying it. It's as up to date as a book every And you can buy that book if you didn't get one of the uh, the original copies that sold out. You can get a copy of that from legendspublishing.net. Uh, and is it available elsewhere, Michael? Is it on Amazon and places like that? It, it is available on Amazon, but also um, the Burnley Club Shop has taken a load of them. So, 
marvellous. Well, it's been a pleasure to talk to you again, Michael, and uh, and to hear the views of a Rovers fan on everything that's happened over the last 15 months or so, uh, both clubs. And um, wish you best of luck with the sales on this book. I'm sure you'll make a wonderful Christmas present for somebody in the East Lancashire area and across the world, wherever the fans are uh, are distributed. And um, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll speak to you again maybe after uh, around the time that we uh, make the trip down to Ewood Park. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you for having me. It's been a Thank you very much, Michael. The Known and Ever podcast is brought to you in association with the Talk Sport Fan Network. Natalie Bromley is the host and editor, and the show is produced by Matt Moss. Our resident statistician is Dave Roberts, and our FPL expert is Adam Dennett. The analysis show team is collectively Tom Whitaker, Richard Steele, George Poole, Charlotte Rigby, Adam Dennett, and Robbie Kopak. Our music is provided by George Gaskill, and our newsletter team is headed up by Jamie Smith. If you don't already, you can subscribe to our newsletter by visiting nonadnever.substack.com. Our thanks as ever go to our partners, TalkSport. We are... Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. As ever, proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.